This is the We Are Outdoorsmen podcast, built by outdoorsmen for outdoorsmen, presented by Herod Outdoors and Max Luer. Top line. Top line just got this. Yes, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> that was my fault. There we go. Oh, she does it again. Welcome back to the We Are Outdoorsman podcast presented by Herod Outdoors and Max Lure. I am your new co-host. <laughs> <laughs> I've promoted myself two weeks in a row because Richie does all the editing now. <laughs> With me is Richie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And Bobby, and uh, it's a little hot up here. It's uh, not only hot, it's moist. I'm getting a little moist. Uh, ding, 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 ding. All right, so we, we picked the word moist for a certain listener to, uh, <laughs> they don't like the word moist, and so we had to fix, fix it, and we did that in under 15 seconds. That yeah. was pretty good. Well, that it's hot, pretty, and we're yeah. sweaty, so it, it is, is oh, moist yeah. up it here. Is, it's hot, and like, you know, Richie wanted me to go heat up my special coffee, which yeah. is, what do we, is it the same, what, what's the special coffee of this? Oh, special coffee oh. with uh, Skip Rock whiskey. We have the Skip Rock yeah. coffee liqueur. Or coffee Skip liqueur Rock. from Skip Rock in Snohomish. Yeah, go check it out. It uh, tastes delicious. Oh, it's awesome. And oh, we're it, it again really drinking good, really. in moderation. Yeah. And you know, a individual that we will not mention mm. that could get us special coffee. Mm-hmm. We will have to uh, work on. We need about, to work on that. Yeah, we need to work on that. We do need to talk about. Uh, we we have a we do have a new potential special coffee insert. Yeah, the dough ball. Oh my goodness. That so, dough ball was we, good. And we didn't actually talk about it, so let's get into that. So yeah. recently we went up to Seven Bays. I have a cabin up there. We rented another cabin. We brought in some pro staffers. Richie was there. Uh, Dwayne England showed up, and then a bunch of our local pro staffers, a couple guys from California came up, and we went and targeted walleye. We tried to go for kokanee. I still don't believe that there are kokanee in Lake Roosevelt. Well, you know, that <laughs> you, you got to remember, they, they haven't been planting them like they had in but the easy, past. Easy, easy, easy. We, we got to get into the dough ball first. Okay, okay. Well, <laughs> well, you went right to the yeah, kokanee. Well, exactly. the kokanee thing. Going, I, well, okay, sorry, sorry. So there, there's no kokanee, just so everyone knows, don't go try to there, target kokanee. There in like are kokanee. In there's the not. And there so are. There because are. there's no kokanee and because it was not great kokanee fishing, we had to spruce it up like we do every time. Yeah. Right? And special so coffee. Special <laughs> coffee. So like we always say, the special coffee is what you make it. Well, we have acquired a new type of special to put in the coffee. Oh, man. Yeah. And it was cookie dough flavored whiskey. So it's like a cousin type of the, the screwball, which is the peanut butter whiskey. Yeah. Yeah. And that stuff's really great. You got to give it a shot. The screwball whiskey is good. But we broke hey, the, out the cookie the dough. Cookie dough. Cookie dough the was, cookie dough. Was and it's a game good. changer in the coffee. So yeah. it's like cookies and cream for your morning. So yeah. like, it's like having a scoop of ice cream, which I'm not even allowed to have anymore. <laughs> yeah, you know, no in dairy for him, no cheese. Lactose no. intolerant. <laughs> yeah. I tolerate it, though. <laughs> Barely. He tolerates it. Hey, can we go to the bank? <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't do that. I just push it off until the next day. <laughs> We're on a strict schedule here, boys. No, but oh hey, that uh, cookie dough oh, man. was very, very good in special coffee. Yeah. No, it was great. You didn't have to well, add cream. Then we started cream. drinking it straight, and then that, yeah. but that was late in the day, you know? <laughs> yeah. All right, so we did go up there to not just drink special coffee. We went up there to fish. So we had four boats. Yep. We had about 17 people. John Koo showed up one day, yeah. a couple reps, the whole deal. So we 
ended up, you know, Bobby and I scheduled this whole thing. I don't know if it went as smoothly as we thought it did, but <laughs> I had an itinerary. We had people like lined up on boats for each day. And, uh, you know, some people are targeting trout. Some people are targeting kokanee. Some people are targeting walleye. Most of the trip was targeting walleye because we found some good honey holes and uh, got into some good walleye. Oh, Bobby man. and I one night went out. Yeah. I caught like 18 and he caught like 14. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh Here we are. my God. Here, Here we, we are go again. again. Yeah. yeah. Here we go again. Well, no, yeah. it's it. That is, I, like I'm, I'm, pre- fact. I'm pretty sure that he caught like ten. That is, and not I caught true. like fifteen. He is so like. Well, he's losing his mind a little bit. <laughs> he, he, he is our. It took him a week elder. to figure out where the heck he left the walleye rods, and then <laughs> yeah. he once he found them, he told me he found them like six times. So, <laughs> I've already been scoping out like the Bonneville like nursing homes. <laughs> you know, they have them all over the place, and they're relatively cheap. Oh God. So we're going to admit Bobby. <laughs> oh, my God. Here we go. Here but, um, we go. No, I, I honestly, like, it's not a joke. I'm not lying that I do catch more fish than Bobby. It's <laughs> only when only when we're walleye fishing. And so we're going to start bringing clickers out because oh, I'm yeah. tired of him denying it. Okay. All right. We're bringing clickers out. We have clickers on yeah. my boat. Yeah. So we just need to use Do you have Guess multiple what? clickers? I do. I don't want him touching I have, one. I have four clickers on the boat just for this purpose. Oh, so yeah? The okay. delier. Can we go okay. do a show? We'll do a YouTube show. <laughs> a clicker where show. Where it's just, we'll, we'll go find fish, and I promise you I'll catch more fish than Bobby. <laughs> oh, man. Because he forgot how to count. The game is on. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, Here we this go. is going to be But anyway, good. so we go out with Bobby Schindelar. So we had the Schindelars out there, mm-hmm. friend yeah. of the podcast. So Bobby, Richie, and I go out, and we went out and fished in about 30 feet of water on a super long flat. And what we found while we were out there is most of the fish were congregating over, like, rock beds and gravel. Yeah. And uh, you and I caught some big fish. <laughs> yeah, you and I did <laughs> catch big Hey man, that's pretty good when I mean, you can you can see and feel that bite and catch the fish that we caught. They, so they were dandies. It was super cool. So <laughs> we we talk a lot about the Northwest Outdoorsman Rod Series, which and it's not just us being company men. It is they're they're amazing. They're super sensitive. You can feel every tiny little bite. And proof of it was, yeah. I we were fishing over this basically like we were getting snagged a lot. Yeah, and a lot of rocks. So it was, you know, you're bouncing over it with your bottom bouncer. And they weren't, again, most of the fish this year have been super light biting, tiny, yeah. tiny little bites. But that rod, you can feel everything. And you and I each caught. <laughs> and God, let like me preface that. this by, so we have these pro staffers coming up from California right. who have never caught walleye before. Yeah. So they're coming up for a pro staff retreat, but they, they hadn't caught walleye. So they're coming up to catch walleye. And uh, one of our pro staffers was on a plane on the way up and he was super jacked to get up here to go catch walleye <laughs> and so we went out and fished before we had to go pick him up at the airport we went out and fished that morning we had to go pick him up around like one o'clock two o'clock or something and so we went out and fished early <laughs> and we got into some fish not, not a ton a of fish we were still just kind we're of trying to figure it out, out. Yeah, we yeah, hadn't yeah. fished just, out of seven that days was the yet. first morning first morning yeah. like where do we go what do we anyway and so i initially <laughs> i get I, I feel a bite and i set the hook and now I'm hung up and I'm under a rock. And so we have to do the whole, you know, ruin the entire trip for everyone. Have to turn around the boat. <laughs> Reel up. Yeah. And Brent so hung up again. No, I was only hung up one time. You guys all got hung up a ton. You lost, you lost so much gear. I did. <laughs> oh uh, my God. So oh, we geez. turn around and I finally get it unsnagged. And Bobby's, oh no, you got to pull. You can't yank, you know, hold it. <laughs> So I'm pulling. I finally pull it loose, and I'm reeling up. And then I'm on the bow of the boat. Everyone's on the back. Now they're fishing again because we're back on track. 
and I reel in what well, had to have been maybe three, three and a quarter. Three, yeah, three th- inches. Three and a quarter inch. <laughs> yeah. It was, I mean, you could see through this little guy. Yeah, yeah. He was, when you held it up to the sun, you could see through it the was sun shining through it. Walleye, but I did catch that. <laughs> that was the first fish caught in that hole. Yeah. It was. It was the first yeah. fish. Yeah. And so I held the record for about 20 minutes. <laughs> the, and then, then Richie hooked smaller. into a, a really nice, like, two and a quarter inch fish <laughs> and we pulled up two fish now how did it get smaller combined. than his <laughs> well because his was smaller it was smaller <laughs> but those and, and that speaks to the beauty of this rod that they made they yeah. catch tiny fish tiny little walleye that are just well, biting you, you can you can, you can feel, feel the it. bite that's the thing you and, can feel and honestly so <laughs> i think it's more impressive to be able to catch a two to three inch fish than it is to catch a 10 pounder See, I just I let those little ones go. I just I, I, wait, let, you I wait, let him go. I, I wait for bigger you know, fish. That we, oh, you I can tell. Them. Oh, that that's a little fish. I'm not jerking. That's them, not oh. true at all. Yeah. So I I say that we had the best experience out there because we were able that's to catch right. the smallest sure, fish sure. in a very big lake. Oh, jeez, I, I would say. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so the so Mark he was he landed, and so within that time of him being in the air and we catching these fish. Richie and I both got pictures of us with our, you know, combined six inches of fish. And uh, he sent, sent it, to it to Mark. And I was, so yeah. when his phone turns on when they land, it was like, dude, hurry up. They're, ca- they're you know, they're, they're biting, biting like, like crazy. And uh, he didn't find it amusing that he flew from uh, Northern California up here to go catch three inch fish. Yeah. But he, he did, he did. <laughs> He did get into some fish, and uh, we'll get into that. But no, that was a fun story. That was, it was. That was oh, a that, good morning. That you know, that trip. whole trip was was a lot of fun. It you was. Know, we just uh, that night when we went out with uh, Bobby, you know, he just he wanted to get out there. Well, heck, we'll, we'll go out with you. So we we ran out there real quick <laughs> and started fishing. And Britton and I just started railing the fish. I mean, we we railed the fish yeah <laughs> i mean it was just off the hook and bobby was trying different colors well we had a particular color the which same was, one we were using a cuddle i know it was it was the, it was the baby it was the baby bird pattern <laughs> with with the the crawler harness on it oh yeah yeah, yeah with the crawler harness which by the way was the one i had my best luck there too yeah and, and you know and we're we're fishing that and, and we're just railing them and and bobby's you know fishing a slow death hook with like the uh gold or like like a small walleye pattern or something <laughs> like that and, and and he's just not getting bit well and he I'm was using you, one five smile blades it almost felt like the the blade yeah, size was too big because we were using big. one ones yeah and he yeah. only literally packed like one fives it looked like yeah yeah and uh but no he ended up getting into them too and at that point, we were just in a pile of fish, and we sterilized that area mm-hmm. in about two hours. No, we didn't, because we did it the next day. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't quite well, sterilize. Well, we weren't supposed to even tell him. I come back, and Rich yeah. is like, "So where'd you go?" And I was like, "I'm not telling you." <laughs> and then, and then, like knew. five minutes later, yeah, Rich is like, "I found out," and I was like, "Damn it, <laughs> Bobby and Bobby, you can't trust them with anything." <laughs> Yeah. Well, you got to tell Rich. Rich is running a boat. So I was running the know. boat, and I had uh, yeah. You know that you was Chris, you had Christopher. Oh, I had yeah, I had Christopher. So yeah. You got Christopher on his first walleye. Yeah, I first. had uh, what was cool about that whole weekend is so I was out there for the four days with you guys, and we had like you said people who had never caught walleye before, and then I went from there back to Banks Lake because I, I donated my time for uh, Foundation for Wildlife Management, which is an organization out of Idaho that helps 
manage wolf population numbers relative to uh, wildlife management. Oh God! And so they have oh, a no. fo- they have a foundation that they he's howling. They work with uh, yeah. It's better than Goblin, I guess. <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Well, well, just a second. After, after, after. Yeah. And so, anyway, so those two guys <laughs> came all the way up from uh, Idaho, and they had never caught walleye either. So there was a total of seven people on my boat who had never caught walleye before that weekend. And I, I think I counted up uh, like 60 fish in the boat for, yeah. for those people. Yeah. So it was just, yeah, it was awesome. You well, know, it's a good thing you learned how to catch walleye again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After Kettle Falls, it was questionable. Well, on the way, on the way, on the way back, you went out and pre-fished it, and oh. we were on our way back on yeah, seven yeah. days, and so oh, yeah. drove through, and the wind was howling. howling. Yeah, and I was like, yeah. Richie's out there somewhere. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, I'm but out you there got in a few fish. Oh yeah, oh, I got four fish. I got, I figured out where the fish were. That's all I needed to know, <laughs> and went back in. But I immediately sent pictures to these guys, going, "Look, I got fish." Yeah. yeah. So, I think honestly, you have the toughest hook set like it's probably it it's a it's a rip lipper or I, a well, lip I, ripper I well but you got to remember Britain when 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 you go through these periods it's probably your shoulder hurts no when, <laughs> when, when you when you go through these periods of, of you know either not getting bit when everybody else is getting bit or you know trying <laughs> trying to figure out how how pretty soon you're doing anything I mean you're, you're you're jerking not, as hard I'm as you can miss, jerk. Uh, I'm not gonna no, miss. I'm not gonna miss. No shit. No, you're not gonna miss that. <laughs> no, you're, that, you're jerking on that. It's thing. amazing. I, you've we probably don't. never lost a fish, have you? No, I don't. Not miss a walleye. Fish. Yeah. I mean, you guys should see this. <laughs> it, it is an absolute aerobic workout that he does when he's putting the fish in the boat. <laughs> Damn right. You damn right. It's like you know, you know, like the dance move. Like you're in the grocery store and you're doing like the lawnmower. It's like that, but like times ten. Got a sweep. <laughs> It's not a sweep. Damn right, it's a sweep. That is, I, I don't that's even a jerk. know. It's a it's, it's not a jerk. A jerk. It's not like that, a, so that's a jerk. One of the guys we brought up, Louie, <laughs> the sweetest old man, and he's uh, one of our pro staffers and one of the best guys you'll ever meet. His first walleye he caught with a straight up salmon. Yeah, oh, salmon, salmon yeah. The high, yeah. The high hook. Yeah, oh, yeah. Straight in the air, you know, it would have tore my rotator cuff to do it. <laughs> and he landed that fish, and then I think he did it a couple more times before we. The sweep was taught. Yeah, keep keep your rod tip on the water, but then he, but he was doing great. He's setting hook. He's doing. Oh yeah. It. It's really fun to go fishing with people who haven't been walleye fishing because it's like one of the few times that I'm like a little bit more knowledge about fishing. Yeah. I'm like oh, yeah. you suck. Yeah. Ha ha ha. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Britain's opportunity. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But uh, so hey, we so also, you, so you guys like? Yeah. My so we new, have a new. We have you like the new addition to the, the headquarters. The studio has a new addition, and it is. <laughs> It, it is, is a, a, a big old Tom with uh, <laughs> that beard. What you said it was an eighth of an inch off of 10 inches. Yep, it's got some color to it. He's got long spurs, he's got, got pretty, him in a full strut. He's a pretty bird, it's pretty awesome. Uh, guy with uh, life signs taxidermy over in Nine Mile Falls did that, and I think he did a wonderful job. Yeah, for I me. think so too. Yeah, it's, and uh, uh, it's beautiful. And it was the one that I got down in the Willamette Valley. Last year, hunting with uh, Troy Rodakowski. Oh, it's a wet bird. Well, yeah, you guys yeah. did it. We did a podcast probably, on that trip. Yeah, we did a podcast on that trip, and that was awesome, Troy. And 
Brett Boyd, a friend of ours down there. And so it's kind of neat to live, live it over again. Cause I just got it back and I think he's a good addition to the office. Yeah. yeah it turned out awesome. Yeah. He, he won't he's fit a big in bird. the, uh, he's a big bird. He won't fit in the, the, uh, mobile studio. <laughs> he will not no, fit. No. In mo- no, he won't fit in the mobile. Studio. I had a heck of a time getting him back. His tail feathers actually had to be bent a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Up in the ceiling. Cause he's pretty tall. Yeah. yeah. He's a big bird. Well, we made it big there, bird. And there he is. So that's, that's the, a good segue into uh, yeah hunting stuff. We haven't talked about hunting in a while, and uh, well, we've been fishing. That's we so just, we're, we're going we're going into hunting season. We're yeah. going into hunting season. Richie uh, posted a video the other day getting ready for hunting season. I'm trying. He's uh, trying to get in shape, walking Jeez. straight up mountains. Which I don't understand why people walk straight up mountains, but hey. well, you have to to get in shape. You got to train well, train I, like you hunt. Why do you have to get in shape? You have to get in shape because <laughs> why do you it, have if, to get in shape? If, if, if you don't, you know what. You, there's you a lot of times it. that you, you, know, you don't acquire game. You know, they sell side-by-sides. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do that everywhere, Brittany. No, you can't well, do that Well, I'm everywhere. not going there then. Yeah. <laughs> no, getting ready. I, I'm I'm fortunate this year I drew uh, Montana elk tags. My brother nice. and nice. Uh, R- R- uh, Riley Pratt, a friend of ours, were going to Montana. Probably be there for <laughs> two or three weeks. So and this then, is new for you because... Well, no, 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 it's not. It's not God. new for him because he he always takes you know like two no. months off. Yeah, I do. Oh, yeah, and, and, see you, you later. Know. I'm so busy. Oh yeah. Oh, I, I'm so busy. Well, why I do you think to, I'm busy yeah. now? I got to yeah. get ready to oh, be gone. Oh, now, yeah. Now now I'm gone for uh, two months because it's. Yeah, don't, that's right. Yeah, don't mind me. I'm just gonna be hunting, but I'm busy, so don't yeah. worry about me. That's right. You guys need to get between, your priorities Between straight. leading people into fires and being retired, but also oh, yeah. too busy, but also I have to hunt for a month and a half. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Some things you don't <laughs> compromise. Some you know what? You just, so, so it just pisses is, me off because I don't get Yeah, that's, right. that's all it is. <laughs> exactly. Have you hunted Montana before? I have. This will be the third time. And so is this in replace of your unit that got yeah. asked? Yeah. So... Oregon went to a draw for all the units that we hunt in. Should we talk about the state doing science about that or? Well, science. Yeah. Science. Science. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you didn't run into people up there. That was no, the problem. No, that's the problem. And I, I don't know all the reasons. And there may be places in some units that have overpopulated for hunters, but it wasn't in ours. So it kind of really irks me. The place it's I've been hunting science. for. Yeah. Been hunting for over 30 years, you know, and that's where I grew up. So it kind of pisses me off, but <laughs> but now you're going to start a new tradition. Well, the only option that we have, if you really want to be able to hunt elk every year, mm-hmm. you're going to have to, because just about every state is a draw. Yeah. There are a couple states that have over-the-counter tags, Washington being one of them, but spike only. Yeah. Unicorns. <clears throat> unicorns. But unicorns, which are hard to find. As long as Bobby's guarding the truck, you truck can guard. find them. Yeah. And truck so, guard here. <laughs> so just about every western state is that way um you draw for tags so the do, only, do they have truck guards in so the, the only way that you're going to be able to really hunt elk if you want to hunt every year is play the lottery and put in for multiple states and have mm-hmm. enough points yeah. so you really need to plan it's not like you can just go okay i'm gonna buy my tag and and put my stuff in the truck and go to where i went you you've got to spend a bunch of money putting in for tags everywhere so that you hopefully that you're ensure that you're elk hunting someplace now yep. can you film this i could but i probably won't what well i'm hunting me i'm hunting well, this is my trip you're well. not running four ounce bottom bouncer <laughs> no. Or, uh, <laughs> no okay this is my trip okay uh, i'll probably take a camera 
And if I'm lucky enough to get something early, then I'll pick the camera up. But Set the tripod up. That's why you want to you want to go up the Indiad on opening day of Modern with me. Yeah, <laughs> we can go dodge bullets together. Man. We can film that. Yeah, that'll be good. So that's usually why. You, that's why you don't ever see any archery stuff because it's I'm hunting. Yeah, I'm not filming. Need somebody to come along with me, I guess. But um, I'll go. Bobby, can you keep up with me? No, can you? No, no, absolutely not. If it's hills, I'll, I'll do flatland. Like we we want to go like down. <laughs> there the won't be any flatland where we're going. Want to go down Texas? I'm actually going to start. Let's go down and do shoot some. We'll start doing something to uh, get back into shape. You know, because uh, I've got issues coming up. So <laughs> you, you yeah, are, you're going to lose some I, weight. You, yeah, you're just going to have to like well, we suck it get, up. Yeah. yeah, exactly. No no excuses over here, do yeah. it? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm excited. I can't wait. Uh, that's why I'm preparing right now, trying to get ready, because it's no joke hunting. Oh, no, country. I saw, I saw that no you joke. tried to get in shape. So the motorcycle's also not running well, everyone. <laughs> no. um, uh, it sucks. <laughs> My but, little Honda Trail 90 had a little problem first time out this year, and, and that's usually how I go to my hiking spot is I just run. Are you hiking road. up to this this uh, patch over here? Where are you at? I hike right over here on the top of the. What happened speedo. to the Trail Ninety? So I don't know what's wrong with it for sure. I'm ho- I'm really hoping it was just a fouled spark plug. I think it's because it's gold. It's good. He's got hey, that's he's a got classic. a purple ATV and a gold. Now the purple is a faded thing. The the you yellow. You should see his no, his, his yellow is purple. No, you the should see his four wheeler. And I would bring that up to classic. Polaris. I would bring it up to him. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's a 1994. Well, it doesn't it, it matter. Shouldn't it shouldn't change it's colors. Purple. It's purple. So he's got this purple and gold four-wheeler, which when we go do like our interviews down, so we, the, his, this, the, the yeah. other studio here is down in the garage. In the garage. And that's where we do our TV If you haven't interviews. figured out, it's a high-budget operation here. No, it it's is. a beautiful home. It is. But uh, it's very warm. <laughs> it's <just> very warm. <laughs> <laughs> and it's quite moist. <laughs> it's quite moist. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of humidity in here yeah. he's got the vaulted ceilings and the moistness just just hovers, hovers. Up top. it does yeah. so well and this is the sun side you guys always show up in the morning when the sun's beating on the window because yeah, i get up oh, so early i get up so early it comes gotta... up in the east oh man god it's hot up maybe if someone would get up on time this guy just late every <laughs> yeah, morning yeah who gets up oh on time? my god don't even go there we were we're not even gonna do this conversation so two weeks in a row i've been 20 minutes late to podcasting 20 minutes it was no. 20 i said seven you got there early oh i was uh, there early and he didn't show up till 7 28 no it was 7 25 <laughs> no I had to drop my car off for some oh, servicing. Yeah. So, I just got a call. And then that he spends done. three minutes, you know, dicking around, you know, showing the. the you wanted me to bring oh, a rod. I had to go back and get oh, the rod. Here, take my keys to my car. It would have been, you know, so much cooler and not as moist up here. I, I know. I know. Up. What do we got? Like seven moist now? <laughs> <laughs> That's well, eight. You said, At least. You said work That's it eight. in. So yeah. we're doing it. Yeah, we're you got to work. You got to work it in. So uh, we do have a guest. We're not just going to sit here. So we have. Jason Brooks, who is, uh, he does some writing and photography for us. Some. Also. Some. So he, he writes for the Northwest Outdoorsman. Um, I can't no, even like. Northwest Sportsman Magazine. Northwest Sportsman. The Northwest Outdoorsman is uh, Richie's TV show. Yeah. Uh, Northwest Sportsman. Um, he does, he's all over the place. He used to do radio, but Jason Brooks will be on the show today. And he recently wrote an article in the Mac Attack 
that is uh, five tips to catch more sockeye. He'll touch on that a little bit. We'll follow up on it at the end of the, the interview, but uh, we're excited to have him on the show. He's going to start being a regular contributor to the Maxlure Mac Attack. He is a wealth of knowledge and a great ambassador for Maxlure, so we're going to have him on. And uh, when we get back from the break... Well, you know, J- Jason also writes for about a half a dozen other magazines. Yeah, Deer, but I, magazine. I, I can't, I can't a, even rattle them all off. I, I know. He's I a know. contributing You guys probably talk yes. about it. We'll talk about it in the interview, so you'll yeah. hear all where he writes and yeah. what he does. He's a, a very, very cool guest to have on the show, so stay tuned for that right after the break. sockeye season on the columbia river there's no better flasher than the double d dodger available in a 5.8 and a 7.6 for whatever you need when it comes to sockeye we also have the cha-cha sockeye squitter and the double whammy sockeye pro be sure to go check it out at maxler.com and use code mac10 for 10 percent off well today i'm visiting with jason brooks a friend of ours that's a pro staffer with maxler how are you doing today jason I am doing wonderful. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for taking time out of your busy day to talk to us. Uh, some of you may recognize Jason's name. Uh, he's an outdoor writer. Uh, actually, he publishes quite a bit. And so you've probably read a bunch of his articles or seen his photographs. He's another uh, thing he's really good at is photography. So, um, Jason, I wanted to have folks uh, know a little bit about you, too. Uh, you currently live on the west side, but where are you from? Well, I grew up in Lake Chelan, and my father, is a, he worked for the phone company for years, but when he retired, he actually took up guiding on the lake. So I got to learn a lot of fishing from him and hunting and those kinds of fun things, and he was the president of the Lake Chelan Sportsman's Association back when it was going on for over 20 years. So I grew up in the hunting and fishing world uh, over there in Chelan, but unfortunately now I live over on the west side, but there's a lot of opportunities over here too. So I dabble in just about everything in the hunting and fishing world except for waterfowl. So if you ask me duck questions, I'm going to be lost. But other than that, <laughs> we're going to be good to go. <laughs> <laughs> so like I said, uh, you, you do a lot of writing, and the other thing you're really good at is uh, photography. How did you get started in those things? Obviously probably some influence of your dad, but how did you get started into writing specifically? So for writing, it's kind of interesting. It actually started with photography. So I got to back this back up. It started back in high school. So with the writing portion of it, I actually took a typing class my sophomore year. And that is a skill set that I've used the most in my entire life is that one typing class back in high school and learning to type. But then I became a uh, the photography part of it. I actually was really big into art in high school. I did a lot of drawings. In fact, if you've seen the city of Chelan's emblem, that is my design. I won a contest back when I was a senior in high school. I designed the city of Chelan emblem with the apple and the, the old bridge. Yeah. Something uh, I didn't know. Pretty cool. Yeah, a little, little yeah, a little trivia there for you. And uh, But anyway, so it started with compositions and those things with, with art and learning how to put together a painting and a drawing, and that just flipped right over to photography. I was actually uh, a member of the Chelan High School FFA, and I was the chapter photographer. I just happened to luck into that uh, position, and that just kind of carried through and started my photography uh, kind of world. And that's what got me into writing. In 2009, a Northwest Sportsman magazine had just started back up, I think in October 2008, and they were looking for content, and I sent in a photo I took of my oldest son. Uh, back then, he was only, I think, six years old. With his Red Rider BB gun, a couple of rooster pheasants, and Mount Rainier in the background from one of the release sites over here. And Andy Walgamot published it, and he uh, befriended me, and we, we became really good friends after that. And he showed me how to get into the outdoor writing world. And 
well, 13 years and about 3,000 articles later, here I am. Yeah, and not only have you written a bunch of articles, uh, folks should know that J Jason has won several awards. So you've been real fortunate in that. What kinds of things have you been fortunate enough to win, Jason? Well, the biggest thing, I guess, for me, I don't even like the, you know, the accolades and those kinds of things, but the, the cover shots, because um, I really like the photography part of it. You know, writing is, is one thing, but the photography, you know, it tells the story through the photos. And I've gotten 20 cover photos. I've published over probably right around 6,000 photos published. Um, so that's kind of my, my, my thing, my, my, I guess you could say where I feel like I've actually accomplished something is when I get a cover. So I've gotten 20 cover shots and that, that means something to me. Like, okay, this, this photo is good enough to grace the cover of the magazine where people will be walking by in the grocery store or wherever and look at that and go, wow, I want to read that because they, they, they catch the eye of the cover. That's awesome. That's very true. And, and I love your photography, Jason. You do a great job. I really appreciate it. Thank and, you. And the thing, the thing that I like the most about it, I think, uh, which kind of goes along with the things that I do in my work is the fact that you're telling stories through your photographs. So when I look at your photographs, especially you and your son, and I know, you know, I have a little history. I know about you and what you're trying to do. But when I look at your photographs, it, it feels to me that I'm there or that I can relate to it. And I think as somebody who strives, you know, to tell stories through motion pictures, um, I really appreciate that aspect of what you do. Thank you. And that's exactly what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to put the person that's reading the article there with me uh, when we were doing the hunt or the, or going on the fishing trip. It, you know, it's it's not just about, and we'll get into this, lures and techniques and timings and runs. It's also about the adventure itself and the story it tells. You know, I look back on all the, the hunts and the, the fisheries I've been doing for the last, you know, 48 years of my life. And taking my youngest son, Ryan, out and, and watching him get a cow elk in Idaho is, is the top of the list. Um, same with my, my oldest son, Adam, taking him out when he got his first deer. Um, unfortunately, Adam doesn't like to fish. I, I ruined that when he was six. We went fishing, and we got home when he was seven. We went over and fished the hump tulips and didn't get home till after midnight, and he was ha not happy with Dad. So he took up baseball, and now he's a pitcher and off to college and those kinds of fun things. But, hey, it's all good. Yeah, it is. So let's uh, transition to one of your most recent articles that's kind of timely. Uh, we're, we're real fortunate here in the Northwest to have a really good salmon run coming up the river. The folks in the lower part of the river have been doing really well, and now it's our turn up here in north-central Washington. You recently published a article that was in the Maxwell Mac Attack magazine talking about some tips and techniques to catching sockeye. Uh, Kind of tell me a little bit about that and where you came up with some of those um, ideas for putting that paper together. Well, it actually stemmed from a trip uh, a few years ago when we had a, another phenomenal run up there. And so we went over and stayed at my dad's place there in Manson and, and drove up to fish the uh, the Brewster Pool, the famed Brewster Pool. And we went out fishing, and we didn't do very well. And mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I, I know I'm doing the right stuff. You know, I've got the right lures. I've got the right, you know, dodgers. You know, I did the double D at the time, the the, the larger size. And you know, the, uh, the cha-cha squitters and those kinds of, you know, anyway, the, the gear. But I'm like, what is going on here? Why am I not catching fish? So I called Bobby. I called up Bobby Loomis over there at Max Lure. And, said, you know, and I've known Bobby since high school. His dad was my English teacher. Uh, so talk about going to this, talk about full circle in the riding world uh, and in the fishing yeah. world. I, you know, <laughs> I never took an English exam from Mr. Loomis, you know. And, and uh, yeah, and so I called up Bobby, and I'm like, hey, um, 
what are we doing wrong? Because I'm using the right stuff. And the first question he asked is, he said, how long's your leader? And I said, it's about 18 inches. He goes, cut it in half. Two, two like, nine yeah. inch leader. Yeah. I was like, what? You know, okay. You know, I usually double the, the size of the Dodger or, you know, right around, you know, there. That's usually what I usually normally do. Okay. That's kind of, kind of weird. And then he goes, how fast are you going? And I go, I don't know, a mile and a half. And he goes, oh, cut that in half too. So mm-hmm. we went back up the next day and we trolled at 0.7 and we had nine right. inch leaders and we were limited out in like an hour. <laughs> So that's where I'm like, okay, this is where, this is a story. This is definitely a story I can tell in my writings. And each year when the sockeye fishery comes up, I kind of refresh this with like, you know, years ago, we never used coonstripe shrimp. We never used the tail of a coonstripe shrimp. It's like, why would you use bait for sockeye? And now everybody puts a piece of coonstripe shrimp on the, on the, their, their hook, their top hook or whatever. You know, um, some people are using trebles as a, as a trailing bleeder hook because you're allowed to keep any fish you catch as far as the sockeye goes. So you don't have to worry about the mortality stuff up in the Brewster pool. You know, little things like that. So you kind of update the information, but really it's, it's a matter of the, the, the nuances of the fishery. There's always, you see the people out there, the guys especially, you know, 10% of the fishermen catch 90% of the fish. Well, I want to help the other 90% of the fishermen. So when I learn something, I, I note it, I write it down, and then I create a story out of that so that way it can help the fellow anglers. And then go out there and be successful. Nobody wants to go out and go fishing and not catch a fish. Boy, that's a fact. And, and again, that kind of goes along with what we were talking about before, the whole notion that, you know, you're telling a real story about yourself, uh, how you learn. In, a, in essence, they're, you're just like everybody else. And I think when they see us on TV or read our articles in the magazines, a lot of times people think, oh, wow, you know, these guys, they know everything. But really, it's it's like you said, it's kind of about the journey and what you learned. And then that is a great story. So I appreciate that you would do something like that. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> Yeah, no problem. Of course, it's that way every time I go out. Every time, everything is a learning experience, you know. And and I, unfortunately, I, I do this through my lens. I, I journal everything through my camera. So, you know, one way with the smartphone nowadays, you know, back in the day, you know, Grandpa always kept a fishing ledger. I don't know if anybody keeps a fishing ledger anymore, but it's a good idea to have one. So there you go. But with your smartphone, you can actually create your own ledger. You know, it has the date, it has the time. If you take a picture of the fish with the with the lure in its mouth, now you have the type of fish you're catching and the lure in its mouth. And even these phones are GPS, GPS uh, um, uh, geocached. And so you can actually click on the photo, click on the Google Earth Maps, and it'll actually show you exactly where you took that photo. So you've created a log. You've got date, time, location, conditions, everything right there by taking one photo with your smartphone. Yeah, and I think that's a really good point to make uh and like i you heard me say yeah i keep a fishing log and and i have a little i'm old-fashioned jason i got a little spiral notebook in my boat and uh every time we go out i always write down what the conditions are like where we fished what we used any little details water temperature sky cover things like that that would help me in the future and i always refer back to the to that uh log you know at the sea what we did in the previous years and what worked, and it's really helped me a lot. And I think for folks listening to us, paying attention to the details and always being willing to learn and try different things is a real key. And I think that's kind of what came through in your pocket tip article. Yeah, you know, and that, that really is. You really have to pay attention to those details and figure out why something is not working as much as why something is working. Just because one day you go out there and you catch all the fish, you think, this is it, I figured it out. The next day you go out there and you get skunked. 
uh, and you don't realize the dam has opened up two more floodgates and the river's flowing twice as fast or something, you know, that's out of your control that you're not paying attention to, you know, and uh, daylight conditions. You know, I was up in Nia Bay when it first opened up uh, earlier this summer, and it was overcast out. And we had some, some lures down, and we were fishing, and we were doing okay. And I thought, you know, this is like a, this is like an early, early, early morning type of bite. And back in the day, we used to use a, a flash, a camera flash, and hit the, these glow lures and, and light them up and drop them down. Well, I don't have any of that with me, but I got UV stuff. And so I started doing using UV inserts into my, in my squid baits dropped them down and we we couldn't keep the chinook off it was insane it was like night and day difference as soon as i did that and all it was was it was a cloudy day that was the only difference right and that again that's paying attention to those details other things that will work you know best for you we find that you know we've been fortunate enough to fish for kokanee all over the northwest and up in canada and one of the things we find a lot is that the kokanee bite will really depend on colors that you're using for different times of the day or different conditions, overcast versus sunny. And so once you kind of pick up on those little nuances, uh, sometimes that can be the difference of you putting fish in a boat or not. So Absolutely. Those are, those are good tips. So what do you got coming up, Jason? What are you, what are you going to be go, going to do here in the, in the coming weeks? Well, you know, I, I live a really blessed life. I can tell you that. I am actually heading back. Finally, after a two-year hiatus, I'm heading back up to Nooka on Sunday for a five-day do-it-yourself fishing trip off of Nooka Island, Esperanza Inlet. It's going to be big Chinook, hopefully lots of coho, some big lean cod. I, I don't know if I'll be able to find the halibut or not. I'm I'm the world's worst halibut fisherman. I go out there, and I, I just seem you know, like I just kind of sit and wait for the, the fish, and, and some days it works and some days it doesn't. Um, but I'm, we're going to go back up there. It's, it's an incredible place. It's really close. And for those who don't mind going up into Canada and going fishing, it's an adventure that just I think every salmon angler needs to do in the Pacific Northwest. It's, it's just incredible when you're up there cruising along and you have a whale come up and breach next to you and some sea otters and black bears on the shoreline, and all of a sudden your rod goes off and you've got a 25-pound Chinook uh, screaming at, at 30 feet of water. It's insane. <laughs> yeah. So uh, a do-it-yourself trip on a place like this, you, you'll you go up, they'll kind of outfit you with a boat and gear, but then you go out, they point you to where, but you go you go guide yourself, isn't that correct? No. This actually is a no. true do-it-yourself. It's a, okay. it's, it's, I'm taking my boat up, I'm going up to, oh. and, and there's, there's a cabin, I found some cabins that are for rent, no boats there, I mean, they don't have, they don't own, I mean, they have their own personal boats, it's not a fishing lodge, it's not a fishing uh, place, it's literally like a VRBO, uh, you know, type of thing, where I, I rented a cabin, I found them a couple of years ago, and we take our own boat up, and we do it all, our, everything ourselves, everything, that's why I, I, I've yet to, fi- I'm trying to figure out the halibut, I, I see, you know, there's some lodges across the way from us, and they better be careful because I might go over there uh, early morning one day and follow them out <laughs> and, and chase them around to find, to find their halibut. If I can figure out what day I'm going to go find the halibut for their clients, I might follow them and, with my GPS and just hit the, hit the points because I, I, I concentrate on the salmon. I have, a, I have an 18-foot boat, so I don't like to go out in the open ocean very far. So I stay inside, and I, I really just concentrate on the salmon fishing. I get some lean-on holes and those kinds of things. This is a true do-it-yourself. It's very easy to do. I am literally trailing my boat up to Tawasson, where we're going to jump on the ferry over to Nanaimo, then drive up to Campbell River and stay the night, and then we're driving over to Zabalos and launching out of there 
into the Esperanza Inlet, north side of Nooka Island, and fishing the inside. Um, and it's, so it's, it's all do-it-yourself. There's even campgrounds up there. So if somebody wants to go up and take a tent or if they have a buddy towing a trailer, they can do it all themselves, never have to worry about these lodges. Not, I mean, don't get me wrong. I would love to go up and do a lodge. I would lo- and I've done that up on the Heideglise. I'd love to do a lodge. But for the, the everyday sportsman, this is still an attainable dream. It really is. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Yes, that, I uh, I totally can sympathize with that. That would be my style for sure. So yep. what do you got coming for this fall? Oh, boy, uh, this fall. Between so my between our hunts and our fisheries, I, I don't know uh, when I'm going to get any time to sleep. That's the biggest problem. Um, so <laughs> Ryan, my youngest, my 16-year-old, he's really into archery hunting. He's doing archery elk this year and archery deer. But we're going to go up and try and find some bulls up in the Cascades. We've we got some wilderness areas we're going to hike into on the west side. We'll do what we can do to try and uh, scream some, some bulls into us. Um, and then from there, I, I chose to go muzzleloader in Washington. Now, keep in mind, we still might be able to pick up a multi-season deer tag when they go back on sale again in, uh, in late August. But um, so I'm doing the the, the uh, muzzleloader here in Washington, and then I'm doing rifle in Idaho. Both Ryan and I have whitetail tags for North Idaho. I've got an elk tag for the Frank Church Wilderness they'll be flying into. I've highlighted that in my writings in the past. And I'll be doing that again. And then uh, Ryan drew a late-season cow tag in southern Idaho. We're going to go over and do that uh, at the end of the year. So that's my hunting trips. Then fishing, I'll, I drag out the drift boat, and we go float the local rivers over the coast and, and fish for coho. Coho is my favorite fish to, to go for. So we'll be out there twitching uh, rock dancer jigs for the, the big coho in September and October. Oh, and I love that. We we got a chance to do that with Dwayne England over in his neck of the woods. And, man, that was so much fun. I'm I'm really looking forward to going back and hopefully getting in your boat sometime to do that. That would be a lot of fun. Absolutely. We've got to make it happen. We've got to make it happen. I want to go back to Ryan a little bit. So I think one of the things that uh, I appreciate, um, we'll get to how you can find Jason here in a second, but I follow you on social media, and I just love to see that father-son sort of connection and, and then all you've done to get him out there and, He's turned out to be quite the sportsman, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, you know, the, the, thankfully, he's actually 16 now. He'll be 17 later this fall. He, he's at the point now where he can actually start carrying his own elk quarters. And that was, that was the, that's the biggest thing is, yeah, I'm, I'm real excited. I, I, I live a very blessed life. And that kid, he is, you know, he's gotten, you know, a bear here in Washington. He's gotten some really nice bucks, bucks that people look at and go, oh, my gosh. And it's like, yeah, it's public land, Washington State. You know, he hunts Idaho. He he just his passion is hunting and fishing. It's funny, uh, real quick. He he took up wrestling, high school wrestling. And I asked him one time. I said, why why do you want to do high school wrestling? He looked right at me and he goes, because it keeps me in shape for elk season. <laughs> I knew right I then it. that yeah, I knew right then that uh, you know I got to get a bigger backpack because the kid's going to be shooting some elk. So and he has. So it's yeah, and it's we'll go to the sportsman shows and people recognize him more than they recognize me because I'm always behind the camera and he's in front of the camera. So you know, and yeah. and he's a 4.0 student. So don't get me wrong, he he puts a lot of emphasis in his schooling. In fact, he's going to do running start this next year and go to college as well. So he keeps reminding us that. His big brother's going off to play NCAA baseball in college this fall. And Ron's like, well, I'm going off to college, too. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I know, I know. <laughs> so. no, it's, it's awesome. I, I, you know, that's one of the main themes of the Northwest Outdoorsman television show. We show family and friends uh, in the outdoors. And we, I always like to tell stories about 
getting youth into hunting and fishing just to carry on that lifestyle. And, Jason, you've just done a good job with that. Well, thank you. And some of, some of my favorite episodes are when you and your daughter go up and, and you guys hunt, especially there in north central Washington, and you guys hunt around up in, the, in my old neck of the woods, and you spend some great yeah. father-daughter quality time together. Yeah, that's, that's what it's all about, and I know that's what you've been doing the last couple of years. So keep it up, and I'll keep watching for those photographs and stories. Um, so I'd say the, the next thing we need to do is just how do folks uh, find you? Let's talk about your social media uh, website, anything like that. How do they find you? Uh, best way, you know, my, my main social media, if you like my photography, is going to be my, my Instagram page. It's Jason Brooks Photography. Um, and then I do have a Facebook page, but it's kind of more of a personal thing. You know, I, I, mean, I do some of my writings on there. Those are people who actually know me for the most part, um, but you can follow it, of course. But, yeah, the Instagram is the big one. I, I'll be honest with you. I am the worst at social media. I, I have a Twitter account. I have no idea how to use it. I don't even know how to log into it. Uh, I, yeah, I'm I'm lost when it comes. The biggest thing, if you if you want to follow me, listen to your podcast and pick up some magazines. That's, that's where you're going to yeah. find me. I I'm, I just don't have – I have to say it, I don't have time for social media. I'd rather just be out doing it and, and talking about it and writing about it than showing off about it. So, yeah, that's that's – where you find me. I've been several different publications, Northwest Sportsman, of course, the Mac Attack, uh, Salmon and Steelhead Journal. I'm a field editor for them. Western Hunting Journal, I'm a field editor. Um, yeah, and several other places, the Outdoor Line and uh, the Real News. Uh, just about everywhere you can you can pick up something and hopefully find my name. I'm, I'm trying to keep out there as much as I can. Absolutely. And and you make me laugh because, you know, Britton, he told me, he says, oh, you know, you, you need to do TikTok. I'm like, I don't have time for the other ones that I have as it is, and now you want me to do TikTok. So, you know, I, I, I would get in trouble with TikTok. I tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I already got one that I couldn't show. Apparently, they banned me. So I don't know. I anyway. Yeah. So yeah. we'll follow Jason on his Instagram page, and I think you you should definitely do that. And then, of course, like you said, uh, look for his magazine articles and a variety of outlets. And then, of course, uh, you'll see him at sportsman shows wandering around. So if you do, say hi to him there. But uh, we've been talking for about 20 minutes, Jason. I really appreciate your time. And thank you so much for having me on. I, we need to do more of it. And you come over and do some fishing with me. You know, it's overdue. And we also talked about turkey hunting. So we need to actually put something on a calendar and firm this up. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. The the turkey spot I've got, I love hunting Idaho for turkeys. And just really quick, last year we were averaging about 20 gobblers a day is what we were getting into, yeah, all on public land. And we didn't see, oh, sorry, we saw two other hunters the entire time we were there. You're driving me nuts. <laughs> I, I, won't, I won't tell you the story about how Ryan called me in two big gobblers and I missed. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah, but I, but I redeemed myself on a yeah, I redeemed myself on a Jake at eight yards that you called in later on, so it was all good. <laughs> I, think, I think maybe better save that for another podcast story for sure. Sounds so. good for sure. Thank you so much for having me, Richie. back that's a fun interview yeah always fun to talk to jason he's always got something going on i'll tell you oh yeah. he's a busy man <laughs> he's got a lot of stuff going on yes he does and uh, you know their thing one of the things i really enjoy about jason is just how much time he spent with these kids 
sure. teaching them all this stuff and yep. taking them on these adventures. And, and, uh, I, I just, of all the stories that he writes in these photographs, that's what I like the most. Yeah. yeah. Grow, growing the sport and kid, you know, one of his kids doesn't like fishing anymore, but yeah, he, uh, Likes to hunt. he gets out with them yeah. and that's, uh, it's awesome. I actually, He's going to be a regular contributor to the Mac Attack. Now. Yeah, that's so what you're saying. That's really awesome. He, uh, well, well, he's a wealth of knowledge that uh, you'll be able to read every month. Yeah, hey, he's, he's a schlam boy, baby. Yeah. Schlam boys. <laughs> oh yeah. You, you two. Oh my gosh. Schlam boys. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. He uh, took English from your father. Yeah, yeah. My dad was a an uh, English teacher, history teacher, coach. You know that whole thing. So you probably knew his what dad. What kind right? of coach though? Uh-huh. What kind of coach? Oh, wrestling coach. What What else? Oh, he, he coached football and track. Oh, I know where he's going with this. Yeah. He was also a golf coach. Golf coach. <laughs> All right. So he was a golf coach. Every time. Oh Every time. God. And, and Bob, Bobby has this thing. And I, I Bobby's <laughs> like, oh, I was a great golfer. I just chose not to because it's so frustrating. You know, one shot can run around. Well, I'm pretty sure Bobby was just an awful golfer. <laughs> At 12 years old, I played to a 12 handicap, so I wasn't an awful, awful golfer. Well, but here's, here's but, if, if but I the teed thing off is, on the fringe, one, one I would shot be a pretty good nullifies, golfer too. One shot nullifies a whole round. Maybe You're, don't hey. hit, maybe don't hit that shot then. Exactly. <laughs> I guarantee you had the nastiest slice you've ever seen. Oh, I've got the a worst slice golfing. you've ever seen in your entire life. A wrestler golfing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that went very well. <laughs> oh. <laughs> He doesn't have much patience, so I don't see how he can ever z- zero stick with golf. Patience. I don't either. I, all right, so I'm going to talk about golf last weekend. <laughs> so <laughs> why? Why? No, oh. no, you talk about patience. So golf is a rhythm thing, just like me catching fish when I'm fishing with Bobby. It's rhythm. It's constant. <laughs> it's constant. It come, they come in constantly. When, when there's a lull. Oh, my God. When there's Here a lull. So, again. like, when you're sitting on a tee box waiting for the old farts in front of you to, like, you know, hit their 130-yard shot and walk straight up to it. <laughs> it's very hard to play golf when it's slow. It's the same way of fishing. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's a no. lot of parallels here. And if we just like combined it, we might I don't get know a TaylorMade sponsor. Look, yeah. look, I don't know why we're looking for the parallels. How, anyway. how did we get into this whole parallel <laughs> thing? I don't, I don't know. know. You know. Well, because your father was a golf coach. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh my God. God. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, it was great having Jason on. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was great having Jason on. So Jason's going to yeah. be. He didn't talk about golf. Jason, he no. talked about fishing. Talk about I could parallel something he said. In no, golf. don't even go there. Don't even go there. We're Bow <laughs> hunting's a lot. They're very patient. It is. Yeah. So you have to practice. Yeah. Right. And you got you got to go gotta to like get in shape. the shooting range. <laughs> you don't have to get in shape for golf. Yes, you do. No, <laughs> for golf. Oh, no. no. I know. That's I, why we're, I, we're I'm talking about. I'm a cart guy. Archery. <laughs> I should I should start walking some places, but then I'd be one of those slow guys in front of me that I don't like. Oh God! But uh, no, Jason. Um, hey, old man, get off the tee box. Let me get through. Have you ever fished up in Nootka? I've never fished Nootka. Um, I, I I fished you know all of Alaska, but I've never fished uh, the stuff down in Canada at all. When I was talking to him, he was excited because you can. I, I don't think you can fish treble hooks out in. You can't fish treble hooks out in our salt or something. Yeah, out, out in the salt. Yeah. But but up there in Canada, you can. So he was super excited about that. He can <laughs> use a sledgehammer and do all that fun stuff. <laughs> that way he's uh, ensure they stay on. Of course, exactly. sometimes, I don't know, even a treble hook, the fish somehow can 
hit them things and not get hooked up. I don't understand it. Well, you know, I mean, fishing's fishing. Doesn't yeah, matter where you're exa- at. Exactly. And, you know how they bite, what they're doing. You know, keeping fish on it really comes down to how well they bite, how yeah. well you set the hook, how well you play the fish. Yeah. So. Oh, and uh, you know, talk about Schlamble. He sounds like he's going to come over. Right after we get back from uh, fishing Brewster Pool, which we had already done by the time this is aired, yeah, probably. he's going to go up there and fish the Brewster Pool, which he talked about, you right. know. And, uh, you know, he talked a lot about initially when he first, when, you know, grown up fishing the Brewster Pool and, you know, read everything and figured out exactly what he needed, but he just didn't have it set up correctly. And so he called the famed Bob Loomis <laughs> to figure out exactly what he needed to do. And so he was like, you know, I had an 18 inch leader. We'll cut it in half and I'm going 1.5. Go cut it in half. Yeah. And so he just wrote an article in the Mac attack. That was like five tips to catch more sockeye this summer. And all of those tips are in there. And apparently we're graced with the presence of the person who taught him why. And so <laughs> when oh, when when you talk why, about why are you doing that so well when you talk about short leaders like you know we, we talked in a previous podcast about uh you know they're just kokanee right and um you know we, we fish super tight leaders when we're fishing for kokanee they're clearly not uh scared of you know that that dodger they're not shy of it and so you're tightening it up get a little bit more whip action is is that the whole point that's of what it, they or? want they that, want that movement sure the, the, you know you got to remember uh kokanee fishing Early in the season, you don't want that that whip or that movement so you can fish longer leaders. These fish are coming in, and where we're fishing them is where they're going to either A, spawn, or B, die at one point or another. So you later in the season, you want that more movement in order to trigger a bite. So when these fish are up here, you, you want to fish that short stuff. You want to fish a larger dodger. You want to fish something that's going to attract them and trigger them to want to bite. So fishing with a squitter, a cha-cha squitter behind a double D dodger gives you a tremendous amount of movement with a short leader. And same thing with, with a sockeye pros or any of them. You know, whatever you're fishing. You want to go with the shorter leader in order to move that gear around a little bit more to trigger them to want to bite. When Jason was talking, he was previously using the 7.6 Dodger. Right. And since then, we've came out with a 5.8. Are you going to be using a 7.6 or a 5.8? Does it depend on... Actually, I'm I'm going to fish one with a 7.6 and one with a 5.8 because the the 5.8 actually, for the size, moves your gear tremendously. And the 5.8 should work extremely well for the sockeye fishery. I like fishing lighter gear as much as I can. If I can get away with it, I'm, I'm going to fish the 5.8. Something smaller. Yeah, go yeah. with the smaller, smaller gear. Well, something like Pete Roscoe, and, you know, t- I edit all of his articles that come into the Mac Attack. Sure. And, you know, he's constantly, if the fish aren't biting, go smaller, go smaller, go smaller. Yep. And absolutely. It, it, whatever the smallest size you can do to get down to that target depth, yep. go for it, especially when they're not biting. Well, right. it, it, it is what it does is it, it moves more. When you, when, you, when you get down to smaller gear, you can get down to more movement, which in 
enables or or attracts those fish and and makes them it triggers them to want to bite mm-hmm. so going down to that smaller gear absolutely helps we've seen it in walleye fishing we've seen it in trout fishing oh, we've yeah. seen it in kokanee fishing absolutely going down to a little bit smaller gear all the way around has a tendency of triggering the fish to bite right. now we fish bigger gear originally because it works right but when those fish start you know it, it becomes a little bit more difficult drop down to a little bit smaller mm-hmm. size yeah that's that's why it's real important to have to tie it up a bunch of different things so that sure. you can change quickly and and try Absolutely. to get that bite to trigger i mean you and i used to have really good luck with just a regular size yeah cha-cha squitter yep and gosh we just creamed them on those but sure we've, we've done different things over the years to make it work yeah. Whatever, whatever works. Now, when you think of sockeye, you think of, you know, your, your glow whites and your pinks and your silvers, right? Right. But I was watching a show you guys did on Angler West last year. You and Bob went up to Brewster Pool with mm-hmm. uh, Joseph and uh, Jennifer right. and Carl. And uh, you guys were using the double D with the chartreuse. So is chartreuse something you like to mix in? or? Well, chartreuse and pink together. Chartreuse is one of the highest... Well, you're talking highest... about kokanee, so we're using yeah. chartreuse and pink. Yeah, the chartreuse is one of the highest UV colors that, that exists. So using chartreuse with pink together, especially when you've got a little bit of colored water, absolutely enhances what you're, what you're fishing. And chartreuse and pink work fantastic for kokanee, so in turn we tried it on the sockeye. It, it worked fantastic. And we're going to have a lot of, you know, we've seen pictures of uh, the Okanagan just spilling mud out. It yeah. might be something yeah. we'll be trying when we're going out with uh, Dwayne. So, Absolutely. Um, you know, pinks and silvers and chartreuses and yep. all the good we stuff. We used to use uh, glow white a yep. lot. Well, yeah, a lot of glow white. We <laughs> most, sell, most people most nev- never got white. into the gl- the whole glow white thing. Nobody ever, everybody fished all pink. So we, we started fishing the glow white with a pink smile blade on top of Correct. it. And I'm going to tell you what. Works fantastic. I, one time, he and I and Kimberly put 18 fish in the boat in less than an hour. <laughs> you were telling me about that. And you guys oh, yeah. showed up to the dock and they're like, are you some like, boat problems? Some boat oh, problem? yeah. No, yeah, we're yeah, going yeah. home. You know, why are you guys, uh, <laughs> what are you coming back for? Well, we're done. How can you be done already? The sun you know, just came up. Oh, yeah. yeah. We found so, a pocket of fish up there. and Oh, yeah. Yeah. just turned on them you know a typical thing you can find biters go back on them which is what i was doing and we yep. were kind of by ourselves, and we just i mean every yeah. rod in the boat would go off at the same time oh we couldn't couldn't keep and more than couldn't two keep, rods in the water we couldn't keep rods in the water it's yeah. like get a rod out so like, get was, it off that, and get a rod out that, that, that that was that was when i laid that you, rod down on the back of the one. deck and and uh, you were putting one out, yeah, I was, a lead rod out the back. Yeah, I, I netted two fish, and I turned around and looked, and it was my gone. rod was gone. And it's not just any rod. No, no, not just any rod. It was a custom <laughs> rod that I built for myself personally. That, <laughs> and the reel, too. Oh, yeah. Big designer. You know, I had like Loomis. a $400 reel on the on the rod. <laughs> he and, goes, and, and it's it was like, gone. Rich, Rich, where's my rod? I go, I don't know. You set it down. Yeah, I did set it down. It's gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was just gone. Well, you mentioned it a second ago. So, you know, a lot of the Chinook fishing has switched from downriggers to lead. Is it the same? Because when I grew up, we were up at Lake Wenatchee. We were fishing downriggers. Up at Brewster Pool, we were fishing downriggers. Is a lot of people just switching all to lead now? Sure. 
Well, we, we, we fish both, partly because of the way my, my boat is set sure. up. I've got two downriggers, and then we put lead rods out. But over the years, what Bobby and I have found is that sometimes the lead rod will outperform the downriggers, and other times the downriggers will outperform the lead rods. You might as well have both of them out. It's good to have both in the same way we're talking about using different size gear and different lengths. A variety of presentations sometimes can be a good thing. And so we kind of like having both ways in the boat to see what works. And it's funny how sometimes those lead rods, they're just it. They're what they want. For oh, absolutely. The, the, like... the, the type of movement that you're getting yeah. on those versus being on the downrigger changes how those fish, you yeah. know, are going to react. Yeah. And yeah. uh Sometimes the lead rods work better. Sometimes the downriggers work better. But it, it's just a matter of, of, you know, presentation is everything. Yep. That, that, that's, that's the whole name of the game. Getting the type of presentation that triggers them to want to bite. Yeah. Nice... So, and you never know. Yeah, you, you fish just lead really rods don't. Or yeah. you fish downriggers. The nice thing about that, at least the way my boat is set up, is that I can turn – pretty easily that way once sure. we get it figured out you know exactly how we want so your inside rods are on downriggers and then yeah <laughs> he's oh, on yeah. the inside rod i'm always on the inside <laughs> exactly rod. Yeah, i'm turning my direction <laughs> yeah. but uh you know i i'm able to turn pretty tight that way or we can quickly reel up two lead rods sure. make a tight turn and yeah. be right, back, right back out yeah so yeah i think having a variety of presentations variety of colors variety of length leaders yep. are critical when you go out on a fishery like that because you just don't know and then you go switch to everything that's catching fish yeah one, you once you find out what they're biting on then you switch everything over to all you the bet. same thing and then you kill all the fish <laughs> sterilize you, it sterilize it <laughs> talking volume so what is our it's uh four sockeye two jacks under 24 inches what is the retention rules right now i i Right now, actually, it I, have is, a, I have a picture of it. So I have it's uh, uh, four, four sockeye, sockeye, two adult chinooks right. over twenty four inches, and jacks. I think two, isn't is, two? It, yeah, is is two. Yeah, so we got two jacks. Must be twenty four inches or less. Yeah. Um, release all coho and wild adult chinook. So your daily limit is six fish, minimum twelve inches, yep. up to f- two adult chinook clipped, and up to four sockeye. And then NTE not to exceed. Yeah. And, you know, we, we've caught a number of Chinooks while we're up there fishing. Oh, absolutely. For sockeye. So. And it kind of depends, too. In my experience, the closer you get to that current seam where the river, the Okanagan River comes out into sure. Columbia, yeah. the more likely you are to pick up a Chinook. It doesn't mean always, but you're more likely to get the Chinook up there. Sure. And then as you stay back in that corner, you're more likely to get the, the sockeye. Uh, of course, they're both up there on the scene. But well, I'm going to catch both. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you will, Britton. Oh, yeah. I might not land them, but I'm going to catch them. Of course, we'll have already done that by now. Yeah. <laughs> we might go a second time. No, we, if if I'm not going to leave if the fishing's hot. <laughs> You're just going to stay? I'm not going back to work. Yeah, I'll sterilize go, it. I'll go sterilize the, sterilize the whole area. Until the end of August. Anyway, um, what else? Yeah. Bobby, you going to hunt? You know, I didn't get drawn for anything this Shocker. year. Shocker. Imagine that. Shocker. Imagine that. They gave that. him a cookie last hey, year. No he drawn didn't fill for it. anything. He got a cookie, didn't fill it. 
and I know. Then they're just like, well, screw you. Screw you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got lucky. I drew another tag. I drew a second deer tag for a archery doe. You've been greasing WDFW? Yeah. Well, grease what, money? What's going on? When I was down on? in Mexico. Well, I haven't drawn anything for years, just like you, so I finally drew some stuff. <laughs> they felt sorry. Oh, they, somebody those... sorry, felt yeah, sorry yeah. for me. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, they finally feel sorry for me, so yeah. they sent me, you know, a... a uh, <laughs> quality deer tag and a cow tag all at the same, same time, time. Yeah. you know come on really yeah <laughs> <laughs> we should probably go yeah we it's time should. for us to go um the whiskey is uh gone it's gone <laughs> i have a i have a live love and teach it's and a, that's what we did today we a, lived we loved and we teached yeah taught i guess it's taught <laughs> yeah you didn't go to school empty very well. Not moist. Not moist. <laughs> not moist. Not Nine's moist not anymore. Moist All right, so we got 12 in, 12 <laughs> moist. And uh, with that, we will see you next week. Yeah.